This is Barry Knapp with Ironsides Macroeconomics. It's um, <clears throat> Wednesday morning, July 5th. I apologize for the late um, audio and video summary of our weekly. Um, that in and of itself was late. We didn't get out till Monday morning, July 3rd. Travel in New York and New Jersey um, last week was the uh, the consequence of that. And um, we'll obviously be getting out a, a new note uh, this Saturday morning, it'll be on time this week, and it'll be heavily focused on the labor market, which for us is um, a very key question for the Fed's policy reaction function and uh, the ongoing issues that we have in the banking system uh, as a consequence of what we've been describing as suboptimal Fed policy, passive QT and aggressive rate hikes. <clears throat> that's causing a deepening inversion of the yield curve and um, uh, continued stress on the basic banking business model of borrowing short and uh, and lending long. So our note this week was titled um, PTSD or productivity boom. And we suppose that was a little bit of a mea culpa on our potential overreaction to the banking crisis. Um, we are, after all, I was a fairly senior guy at Lehman Brothers, and um, that was a painful episode personally. But as Kevin Warsh reportedly said, if you've seen one financial crisis, you've seen one financial crisis. So we knew there were key differences between this and 2008. We described that. But um, we did think that um, the reversal of the favorable liquidity environment that we were in for the first half of the year uh, and the chart that I have up on this video is um, meant to illustrate how the liquidity environment is starting to deteriorate a little bit. Uh, these are factors involved in that liquidity, but we thought that that might um, cause a broader uh, weakening of um, the economy, what we would describe as a GDI double dip, right? So we've we've been in a recession from our perspective, income matters, not <clears throat> the government's sometimes feeble pro or, uh, efforts to add up the sum total of all the output and we prefer income as a measure of the business cycle income has been negative two quarters in a row uh, the corporate input to that which drove the negative gdi has been contracting for three quarters in a row so in that sense the 27 percent correction we had last year midway between the median decline in the s p uh, in a post-world war ii recession and the average decline looks like a you know bear market associated with a recession and the timing of it might have been a little bit um or the bottom of it anyway was a little bit early but um but not all that out of line uh, particularly for some of the inflationary recessions that we had nor was the decline in earnings uh really out of line either if it was going to be <clears throat> or is going to be fairly short like the 1980 uh inflationary recession where nominal growth continued to rise, real growth contracted, and that was the basis of a recession. So um, just to get into the note specifically, we we started out the note with a bit of a discussion of the labor market, a, a preview going into this week. We're not going to get out a long preview note, given that all the um, important data that we look for, things like the JOLT survey to give us a sense of how much slack there is in the labor market, how dynamic the labor market is, even more importantly, that's not coming out till Thursday this week. So we thought we would write just a broader 
um, review of all the labor market data to provide a um, better picture in one big note as opposed to two smaller notes. We then uh, wrote about this um, productivity boom or PTSD, in essence, the idea that the market was looking through a potential credit reaction, uh, credit contraction to what we think and thought all along from the very uh, lows of the pandemic was likely to be a very strong business cycle for productivity as technology innovation adoption accelerated in a range of sectors that it hadn't yet been evident in, sectors like healthcare, the financial services sector, and the industrial sector as we reshore and build um, more sophisticated, less labor-intensive manufacturing in the U.S. as opposed to manufacturing everything in China where they just throw bodies at the problem and in fact are wasteful and not very uh, productive. Uh, we then wrote a little bit about the Fed's um, tolerance ban around inflation, summarizing Chairman Powell's um, Sintra appearance last week, um, beautiful city if you've never been by the way, and then wrapped it up with um, a little bit of a review on the personal consumption expenditure deflator number that came out Friday that contributed to a very sharp rally. So um, jobless claims dropped last week, <laughs> curiously, um, after three weeks being above 260, having broken out of a 230 to 240 band that the four week moving average was in for three months. Uh, and it fell back into that band the front end of the rates market spiked and then never really retraced that despite that being a week, the week that the Juneteenth holiday fell into. Now this is a new holiday. It's not captured by seasonal adjustment factors. Uh, one client pointed out to us that if we'd used the same seasonal uh, adjustment that we used for the Memorial Day week, jobless claims would have been 275. So we do think that the jobless that jobless claims have moved to a new level, that demand for labor, uh, which has been weakening since last fall, as evidenced by a work week at the low for last business cycle, wage growth coming down, you know, total labor income, which is hours work times average hourly earnings, uh, having been cut in half since last fall, may finally show up in those headline payroll numbers this week. That's not the forecast, but we think that that's a fairly probable event, and that could be the catalyst for getting the Fed to forget about this ridiculous hike that they're talking about uh, doing again in, in July. We think that would be a major mistake that would deepen this inversion of the twos, tens, and twos, tens real rate, or tips curve in particular. Um, that's been persistent since they released their summary of economic projections in this forecast that they're going to hike twice more. Uh, they really are playing with fire here. So um, that's it on uh, on the labor market. Um, I really did discuss the um, you know the title of the note, this idea that the market may be looking through to a productivity boom. Remember, our core thesis is that all three major inputs to productivity: capital deepening, that's a strong business capital investment cycle. Um, uh, more dynamic labor force, um, you know, more labor market fluidity and um, technology innovation adoption will all be pushing in the same direction. And we're likely to have a very strong uh, cycle for productivity, unlike the post global financial crisis, when productivity averaged 70 basis points from 2011 after the 
effects of the business cycle were washed out through 2017, but then accelerated to 2% in the last two years of the business cycle because service sector productivity really started to accelerate with services, consumer services businesses really starting to use technology to make them more efficient. And that productivity we think will, as I said, expand to a number of other sectors. And, and AI is just a, an element of that. And the market, quite frankly, may be looking through um, this financial crisis towards that broader trend in the business cycle. So next quarter's earnings, uh, earnings results for last quarter, beginning in the middle of July, are going to be crucial to tell us if that uh, provides some hints as to whether that's the case, whether earnings are bottoming and we're correct that the GDI income earnings recession is over and we can look through that, in which case the second half won't be likely as good as the first half. We never thought it would in part because the liquidity environment's not gonna be as good, but it, it, it might be pretty okay. And uh, we now think it's more likely we go to our original target of 4,800 than have any significant uh, pullback before we get there. So again, it was a little bit of a mea culpa and a turn in our, views, but we still need the data to cooperate. Um, we need a, a weaker payroll number this uh, this Friday so that the Fed doesn't overreact here. And um, we'll need, obviously, CPI to cooperate later in the month. And, um, and we need earnings season to confirm this productivity thesis of ours or help confirm it at least and earnings to start the bottom. So um, I'll leave it there. Um, you know, the, the, the broader view uh, that we've been espousing since we wrote our outlook note was that for the first half of the year, the environment would be favorable because of disinflation. We're going to get one more really good month of numbers, at least as far as the headline goes. But then the core will be coming down in these measures. Shelter is going to continue to fall through the first quarter of next year as we lap the hottest comps. Uh, super core, you know, services, less rent of shelter. Uh, will be under downward pressure through at least September. And um, the inflation numbers, although they'll bottom, they're not going to get any worse. They're not going to start to go back up in any meaningful way uh, until probably second quarter of next year. So that, you know, that goes from being a very big favorable factor to more of a net neutral factor. Liquidity went from being a favorable factor to a little bit less favorable, and we're still watching the banking system closely. Um, but we may be getting to the middle of the business cycle in this broader productivity story. So for that reason, um, <clears throat> we think it makes sense to um, um, probably uh, you know, look for some opportunities to put some money to work. We're not ready to upgrade the banking system yet until the Fed confirms that they're done um, uh, or we get we don't even need the Fed to confirm it. We just need the payroll numbers <laughs> to weaken and just crater the last leg of their argument as to why they should be tightening. Um, and uh, and that's how we think we should be approaching things. So stick with the cyclicals. They're really starting to act well. That was part of our idea in um, fading on a bit of our cautiousness because the rally really has broadened out to the equal weighted S&P, to the Russell 2000, to industrials, materials, energy starting to act better. And when we get a persistent rally of three months or so in the equity market, then we start to view it as a macroeconomic signal. And we've uh, we've had a market rallying strongly since 
the Silicon Valley Bank collapse. Now, banks have not really participated in that. Tech led it for a long time, but now that it's broadening out, um, it uh, you know has got us checking our biases. And um, one of our biases, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, is seeing a financial crisis at every turn. Um, this may not. This may turn out to be something that the, the system can absorb, as long as the Fed uh, stops this. Um, foolishness and continuing to deepen the inversion of the yield curve um, that will really make the banking system uh, situation worse and potentially cut off credit to the small business sector, which will be hard to detect in real time uh, until it's too late. So that risk isn't completely mitigated, but um, but the market signals are strong and um, that's where we're at. So we think probabilities favor as we said, the market probably going higher from here, as opposed to getting a significant uh, correction. Bearing up Ironsides Macro, have a good week, everyone. We'll be back on our regular schedule this week. Thank you.